The Old Testament reading appointed for this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is found recorded in the book of Job as we read from the 38th chapter. The Lord said to Job, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed? Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading appointed for the day is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans. We read from the 10th chapter. Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to say, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain to by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. 
But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied upon each of you, both now and forevermore. Amen. The word of God to which you and I direct our attention on this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel reading for today. And we'll focus on those words of our Lord addressed to Peter when he simply asked, Why did you doubt? My dear friends, Susan is a hospice nurse. Susan knows how fragile life can be. She has been with so many during their last days, and especially in those moments when death draws near. One day, Susan's life was turned upside down. You see, she fell, and she broke her elbow. A week later, her father also fell, but he broke his femur. Four weeks later, he died. Her sister Sandy was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor, and Sandy entered hospice care. But it was Sandy's faith that lifted everyone. The day before she passed, she was reaching out into the air, and as folks wondered what was going on, Sandy was simply saying, the angels are coming to take me home. In those fragile moments... When things seem to be so hopeless, we are assured that Jesus is with us to lift us up and to strengthen us. You see, it is Jesus who gives us that sure and certain hope and peace that this world in which we live right now can never give. So with the psalmist, you and I join our voices and we confess, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. And I am helped. But like Peter, what happens when life suddenly challenges us? Like it did Susan. What happens when a loved one suffers an incapacitating illness or a lingering illness or even death itself? What about the challenges that you and I face in our world today with ongoing armed conflict and the threat of conflict between nations? What about the challenge we face when the job is suddenly gone or we are facing economic hardship in our homes? What about the challenge of broken relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children? How do we react? How do we begin to cope? You know, it seemed like smooth sailing for the disciples that night. Here they are. They had heard Jesus teach. They had witnessed his miracles. They saw him feed the 5,000. And now they were to spend some time alone with him. It should have been an easy trip across the sea that night. 
You know, we expect the same thing for ourselves and for our loved ones. An easy journey through life. Here we are. We come faithfully every week to hear God's word and to receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us through Christ's body and blood in the Holy Supper. We come into this place so that we are made ready to go out into the sea of life and to meet the challenges that come, not only in our daily living, but also the challenges that come to our faith as we move about in an increasingly hostile world. Everything's going great. Then a storm appears out there on the horizon. And with that storm comes a struggle, and we're pulled into the depths of despair. The disciples struggled against the wind and the waves that night. They didn't make their destination as they had thought. Here they are. They're tired. They're afraid. Their faith is fragile. And like the disciples, you and I also experience the winds of change and the waves of adversity. Here we are, we become frustrated and fearful. Our faith begins to totter, and the sea of doubt washes over us, and we ask, why? Why? What's happening to me? What's happening to my family? So many times the thought is simply that our loved one has fallen and is in the hospital. Or the thought is, my job has been terminated. I was escorted out of the office and to my car. Or the challenge is that we just can't be married anymore. Or a host of troubles. What happens when life seems to be unraveling before us? Is it that we have taken our eyes off of Jesus and put our faith in ourselves and our own abilities? Here's Peter. We often describe Peter as being that bold disciple acting or speaking before he thinks. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. And as St. Matthew records, Jesus gave the command. Peter stepped out onto the water and he made those bold steps toward Peter or toward Jesus on the water. And you see, as long as Peter kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he was safe. But when Peter began to focus his attention to the wind and the waves that was around him, he began to sink. He cried out for help. And yes, as Matthew tells us, Jesus saved Peter from drowning. Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. And yet that one question that Jesus asked Peter, why did you doubt? Jesus puts that same question to you and me today. For too often, you and I take our eyes off of Jesus as we allow the cares of this fallen world and the demands of daily living to overwhelm us, even to crowd him out. Like Peter, we lose our focus. We reorder our priorities. Our faith is fragile. And we are, we are in danger of sinking hopelessly in our sin, shame, doubt, and despair. In asking our why questions, we are, like Peter, crying out for help. 
Even with those why questions on our lips, Jesus is continuing to reach out to us, to pull us back from Satan's grasp, to shelter us in the ark of his church. Jesus brings and he gives perfect healing to each one of us. And he works through his word and the blessed sacraments. For it is here in these earthly means, Jesus is giving us saving grace and hope. And yes, he asks, why did you doubt? But notice that question is asked in compassionate love. It is Jesus who wants to comfort and to heal our broken hearts. Not just when things go wrong, but when things are going great in our lives as well. Even today, even in this moment, Jesus is reaching out his loving arms, embracing you with the blessings that flow from his cross. Jesus is reaching out to assure you of the forgiveness of all of your sins and to give to you that promise of life and salvation, not only in this world, but life and salvation in the world that is to come. Jesus comes to you, even today, in his word and in the supper. He comes to strengthen your faith so that you can boldly meet every moment of life. So that even in those weak moments, you would keep your focus on him and his great love for you. And again, that great love for you displayed on the cross. Even as you see the crucifix on the east wall of this church. The story is told of a youngster, and this youngster could be any one of your children or grandchildren, any one of, or any young member of this congregation. You see, this youngster was struggling to make the baseball team in his hometown. His challenge was that he couldn't hit a curved ball. His coach watched time after time when he was at bat, And one day, he and the youngster sat down, and they had conversation. And the coach said, do you know why you're not able to hit that curved ball? The youngster shrugged his shoulders. I don't know. In love, the coach said to him, your problem is that you take your eyes off of the ball. You're watching the pitcher, not the ball. My folks... The same is true in our faith life. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we strike out. We begin to sink. And we miss out on the blessings of peace and joy that only Jesus can give to us. But as long as you and I keep our eyes focused on Jesus and our heart fixed on Jesus... He is, as the writer to the Hebrews tells us, the author and perfecter of our faith... For he alone has endured the cross. He alone is our salvation. Yes, Jesus strengthens our faith. He sets us free from doubt and despair. And he leads us to joyful service in his kingdom. So my friends, in these days when so many activities compete for our attention... May our gracious and loving Heavenly Father continue to work the work of faith in each of our hearts and lives so that no matter what the storm may be that is raging around us or in us, you and I would keep our eyes fixed on our Savior Jesus Christ 
and we would take our comfort in the safety of his embrace, even to that day of eternal life. May God the Holy Spirit work mightily in each of our hearts and lives to grant us this grace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.